How's it going? I'm Marcus. And I'm Rami. And this is the podcast we try and figure out what this podcast is about. And what we're doing with our lives. And this week we're going to be talking about ML-driven AI art. Which is sick. And we talk about Formula One making it big in the US, Viva La Miami, because we're massive rev heads. <laughs> uh, and I get my first kids report card. Yeah. And it's not what you think, which is it, super exciting. Or it is. Rami's not happy. Or, or it is. <laughs> Oh, mate, how's it going? How many topics do I have for you? Zero. So many. Really? Yeah, like nine, 12. Shock me. What do you need? We can talk about well, Mother's Day. We can talk about kids getting to sleep because people love that. We can talk about my kid's first report card. We can talk about Google I.O. that dropped. We can talk about Airbnb and summer releases. We can talk about Project Cambria, which apparently tomorrow is going to get some stuff. We can talk about my big launch this week. We can talk about Dali E which Dali 2, which you not talked about, some of my favorite picks. We can talk about software eating your 401k, which I quite enjoy, which is just picking up back up the market chat. We can talk about Formula One and Miami in, and how the hell that happened. I'm intrigued by um, uh, a lot of those. I'm mostly yeah. intrigued. Uh, why don't you, you do it? Why don't, why, don't you, why don't you lead us in an adventure today then? Tell us about <laughs> stuff. No, I'd like to know your topics. I'm just saying, I've, I got, like a full, I've got a full I like gamut, it. but we have to do Dali. If you, I don't know if you've been doing it, but I think it's worthwhile touching we on can, that because that is blowing we, my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do, we can do that. I've do, I, saw your, uh, I saw your contribution on Twitter. I saw yes. you when you were trying to get one done. Uh, yeah, Dali is cool. So, so, what, so uh, what's Dali? Well, I don't know. I didn't know about Dali too. Or I don't know if that's the one I only know about. That's the main uh, one you know about. I know, yeah, it's Dali okay. too. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, ML, ML um, art. Go for the, it. The ML generative art. So this is from the Sam Altman. Sam Altman, the former CEO, or not founder, but subsequently CEO of Y Combinator, who went off and kicked up uh, Open AI, which is essentially a group working on ML and AI functions. Previously of the GPT-3, which is that incredible uh, pump any piece of content in and it'll write an essay for you, a journal oh, for yeah. you. That was uh, cool. That was the last thing they did. And then someone used GPT-3 to do like complete your code on GitHub. So people have been applying GPT-3. Basically, it's the largest kind of self, self-taught self um, text generator yeah. was GPT-3 previously and one of the largest data sets with like you know 11 trillion or something crazy. And so they kind of, kind of went away, you know, what's the next big drop? What's the next big thing? And... They dropped it to a couple of weeks ago. It's Dal dash E two, D A L L dash E space two, um, and it's still kind of in beta. Only a handful of people have access to it, but it's basically generative art. But generative art in a way where you just give it a sentence, you describe what you'd like the image to be, and you just hit create, and then you just hit create again and hit create again. You'll get different variants of it. So people will say. You know, literally pandas playing golf in the style of Escher, or they'll say confused bear um, working on calculus next to a blackboard. Very specific in genre, describing the subject, and it is mind blowing. Like to the, the point the where the more I'm descriptive, skeptical. the better, right? As in, like if you can say confused bear instead of bear, it'll be you know they're they're, they're yeah. better. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and no. So the, so some of the boundary there's obviously boundary conditions, and people are kind of showing those. So at some point when you get too specific, it gets confused. With what's the subject and what's the kind yeah. of descriptor? Is it more important to be confused or to show a bear? All yeah. that sort of stuff. So it gets kind yeah. of on the boundary of some things, but broadly, yeah, it can take as much specificity, and it, it's. I'm skeptical. Like I'm, I'm genuinely, and I'm still watching it coming through. And now it's become a meme. Those who have access to it, so like our head of social, during our launch this week, kind of used it as a meme generator. So our tag was, you know, custom checkout flows. And he goes, "Here's what I, here's what Dali thought of custom checkout flows created by a panda." And then he's got a whole bunch of panda, you know, created in a particular cartoon style. Yeah, got a whole bunch of pandas doing it. And it's just, it's mind beyond mind-blowing. It, it's uh, to the point where I don't believe it's real. I still I, I don't have access to it. What do you mean you don't it's real? I just, until I can keep typing and seeing responses, I just need to see the boundaries of it because I keep seeing all the amazing examples, the occasional kind of boundary examples, but it just feels so complete. And so it's not, you know, a gen before of generative art where it was, 
you know, LSD type yeah. traps, right? <laughs> it looked like it was and a weird ghosty Yeah, cow, they're high cow. definition and the shading is done and they're kind of, yeah. Not, not, not yeah. the shading, but in the John. Can I share with you some of my favorites? I'm yeah, going to send them. We'll, we'll put them up here. I'm going so to I'm, I'm send them to you. Well, no. Why don't you read out what the descriptor was, and yeah. then in post I'll put what it shot yeah. up on the screen here. Yeah, so if you're yeah, listening yeah. to this, if you're listening to this uh, on Spotify, uh, you should be able to see these up on the screen. Obviously, if you're on YouTube, you'll just see them anyway. So call out uh, some of the descriptors. Okay. So this descriptor is a bowl of soup that looks like a monster knitted out of wool. <laughs> We've done this before. That's man. crazy, doesn't that? That's crazy. <laughs> you haven't even opened it up. I yet. have. I oh, have you. Yeah, it's so just this, this. It's a bowl of soup that looks like a monster knitted out of wool. Like the more ridiculous and abstract, and the more they're able to create yeah. it. Okay, next. mental, mental. Okay, next. This is um, uh, basically a girl with the pearl earring, but a versions of it. So just just give me versions of girl with a pearl earring. Okay, I think isn't the first one the original? The first yeah, top first left one's is original, the original, and then they give you other and then stuff. versions on it. Uh, so they versioned the girl, they versioned the orientation of the girl, they versioned the earrings. That's pretty cool, and they're all in slightly different styles. Yeah. Awesome! Uh, yeah. This one's great. Darth Vader on the cover of Vogue magazine. <laughs> I'm just he's so, he's so sassy. He's so, he's he's so sassy. So <laughs> Sorry, it's done weird things to Darth Vader. It's not just Darth Vader as well. Like the yeah. AI has decided yeah. to make him more skinny like yeah. Vogue or something yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. He's, he's, he's got a hip and he's got his whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's really cool. It's mental. And the examples keep going and keep going and keep going. And a handful of people, you know, a bunch of people have access to it, enter it in and away they go. I mean, that's a whole different discussion of where creative, creativity begins and where does it stop. Yeah, is it though? Yeah, it is. So I mean, it's 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 generative design, right? Generative design has been around for a while. So the the, the thing that I, um, the thing that I question is how much control uh, of the output, how much curation yeah. are you getting on the output? Yeah. So um, because there's a bunch of crazy shit comes out as well that has nothing to do with it that just doesn't make any sense. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah you know. What yeah. are the applications, right? What are the app? Right. Like even in GPT three, there was a handful of people who modified it to write code that would generate UI. So right. it was like create a checkout screen with three buttons on the bottom and it was like pretty specific and it was right there and it would do it pretty, pretty well. And the question is, is that enough? Is that the sort of, is that how we're actually going to do, you know, human machine interaction to create data, content, other language, etc.? Yeah. And the question here is what's the, where does it stop? What's the application? What are we, is this for marketing content? Are we going to say, you know, show me my Coke, uh, latest Coke product in the, the style of pop art, you know? The only time I find myself doing that is when I'm creating a deck and I'm like, you know, the elephant in the room and, you, and you're like, you know, maybe you want a red elephant in the room. So you yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, like yeah, Google yeah. red elephant in room and you can't quite get the right graphic. Yeah. And then you yeah. like, um, the there is definitely a thing for like, for like your insert in a PowerPoint or in a Google um, yeah, presentation yeah, yeah. or something like that. There's, but, but it is a technology searching for a problem. I mean, for sure, right? That's kind of the, the open AI story, right? And the, the whole thing is to push the boundary of those models and make them available and see what people come up with and monitor it and set up ethical frameworks and so on. They're not proposed, they're not a product team. They're not trying yeah. to make dollars out of. So it, it is, but um, as a demonstrator of how far this thing can go, that kind of blew my mind. Did, yeah. I. I'm wondering how to think about it. I mean, it is it is really cool. Let me think. For some reason, I'm just like um, a little dismissive of it because there's so many other cool things you can do with ML that yeah. I'm kind of like, I mean, it is really interesting, but I'm, but I'm also like ML can do way cooler things too, like as in u more useful things, I guess. Is, is, um, yeah, tell me you know, tell me about what, what sort of cool things do you associate with it that's different? Is like it so the things applicability of it? Yeah, like generative design, which is truly, you know, you said in in the world that I work in, where you know where I work in uh, building design, for example. Let's take a building design for example. Um, it used to be that when you were designing a building, you would um, you would use tools uh, 
like AutoCAD, for example, to communicate a design. So someone would have an idea for a design and say, like, it's going to be a square building, very basic. It's going to be a cubic building uh, with the stairs in it, and it's going to it's going to house 25 people. And the tools are about communicating the design. Whereas generative design nowadays, other tools that we have and ML enable tools are more about you set constraints. So you say. Um, actually, here's here's a footprint, but we want it to be a mixed-use space of residential and office. Uh, we want it to house as many people as possible. Uh, uh, you know, here's the structure loads, here's the wind loads, here's the solar, you know, here's where the sun is, and it figures it out. And what it will do is it will give you three designs, and you pick one of those three designs, and behind each of those designs is thousands or millions of other mm-hmm. designs. But you guide it. You kind of say, well... You know, I want it. I don't want it to be that tall. I want it to be that height. And you kind of, but but it generates the design for you. And that's you know, it's this whole argument around IP. Who at the end of that has created that um, design as an architect anymore? When the tools are not about communication, you're communicating your design intent. They're actually helping you discover your design. Um, like that's super cool for me. And that's a world we've been in for a while now, right? With, like buildings that exist in the world that were generated by machines you know it's just really really cool yeah you know yeah i mean that's the same with electronics themselves have been designed by machines right for a like while. the I- the iphone exactly how would you possibly routing how do you put the chips next to each other how do you design 100%. the pcbs how do you design yeah. the chips themselves internally a lot of that was automated cad essentially automated layout was the yeah. original original generative design in some not original, but you know, a, a form that, that's been around <laughs> for a little. What is the original generative design <laughs> when 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 a boss just go? Uh, I, I, so totally agree. This is not the same application space. It's not. Nar- In fact, it's the exact opposite. It's it's deliberately the exact opposite. It's about natural yeah. language. It's yeah. about it's about taking natural language string and then getting an output type. And I think you know GPT three was a, was about text to text or text to something function. This is text to image. And the the artistic, yeah, the specificity of the image and articulation is really so. So the the thing I the thing I think that is interesting is the artistic part of it. So so um, for maybe some folks who might not be fully up to speed on on maybe some of the history of the ML stuff, one of the first things that um, ML algorithms were set to work on was recognizing images and photos, and that's largely a solved problem that you can like you know um find the cats in photos is like a solved problem in terms of uh, ml image recognition similarly with text um uh, text is a solved problem uh, ml algorithms can understand text understand um you know talking and and then dictation uh, cr- creating text from people talking that's been around for a long time but it's combined and the, and they're both kind of reasonably rudimentary in terms of ml they're kind of like solve problems but putting the two of them together right like i feel like there's something about putting two very basic things together and creating something whimsical kind of it's the arty part yeah. of it that it's like yeah, well, it, it's also synthesis not just analysis so image and video recognition and like scene right. analysis whether it's auditory or video is kind of the analysis part of it but synthesizing right. based on so yeah i totally agree with you understanding text and getting to that point is one thing but then understanding that text to be able to synthesize that into an image yeah. is is a really interesting leap clearly yeah. the same systems but in reverse right yeah to some degree, I like it. I'm certainly I'm no, it more. no ML guru. The more, it's, the more that cool. the more that you tell me about it, the more I like it. But, but, um, yeah, it's just cool. It's just it's it's the sort of. Do you do you think it, that, do you think it's deep fake related? Do you think it's like? Um, oh the, the, yes. Have you seen yeah. Kendrick Lamar's new album? No. There's or his new video. Kendrick Lamar just released a new video where basically he sings and then has a bunch of deep fakes with other celebs. Wow. So it's him singing and then deep fakes a whole bunch of others like Justin Bieber and Michael Jordan and all these folks kind of appear as his face and as his body as he's still rapping and talking. And it's the first kind of, and this has been happening I don't know, for four or five years now where we've been seeing the Obama deepfakes and the Tom Cruise deepfakes and we were petrified about them in search around what it actually means to protect people against right. deepfakes. And, and it hadn't, it kind of went a bit dormant. We didn't see it for a little while. And then this thing is just exploded. It's, a, it's an amazing, amazing video. Really worth worth taking. I want to. I want to. I want to find it. I want to. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch it. I, I did. You just reminded me. There was an Amy Winehouse, um, some ML uh, AI algorithm created a new Amy Winehouse song. So Amy Winehouse obviously um, passed away awesome. a number of years ago, and I listened to it, and, and it's not like gibberish, and it it sounds exactly like the type of. It's an, it's a new song. It's not a song. It's not a cover of a song just using her voice it's a brand new algorithm created song with coherent lyrics that sound exactly like amy winehouse 
So I got one here. It's, uh, let's see if you can hear this. It's called Amy Winehouse plus AI created a new song. It's called Man I Know. Well, you know I got no idea. Isn't that crazy? How... Anyway, that's amazing. An algorithm made that. One. Along the lines of of where where does this go? I I feel like it just opened up a whole new field for me. It, yeah. it, it really set up this. Um, where do you step back and just have to conceive a concept? You know, everything's been going from code to no code, and tooling has gotten easier, and everything's got decentralized and more accessible. But to the point where art, creative art, like pure. Yeah. Uh, you know that is just think of the idea and then iterate on that idea and then get to an output an asset or collateral yeah oh, come on that's cool yeah it's very cool it's if, un, undoubtedly um you've got me thinking of what's elon musk's uh cyber uh, project called again what's the code name the elon which, musk, which cyber AI, project ai robot thing uh, <laughs> the android yeah what's the it humanoid called? android yeah optimus optimus yeah, Optimus. do you not think it's a real thing? I mean, Elon's come out and said it's it's big. It's going to be bigger than Tesla, Tesla. in terms of yeah. impact for the world. Yeah. Yeah. He's, He's saying not... that the first the first AI robot helper will be in will be out in twenty twenty three, right? He's 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 not known for um, over hyping, over marketing, or not I, getting uh, things out on time, or not yeah. getting things out for six years afterwards. <laughs> I, I look, there, there are plenty of humanoids around the place. If you look at Boston Scientific, they're doing insane yeah. stuff with animal animalinoids. So I wouldn't be yeah. sure if there's something, but I, I find humanoids. it hard to believe they have humanoids. They're humanoids. just not. They, yeah, I mean, they're, yeah. the ones that do backflips and dance and do. Crap. Yeah, I just I um I find it hard to believe that they've been investing in something to the level of stealth, to and diverting resources from. You know, production hell and cyber truck and all of that sort of stuff as a public company well, to suddenly go. By the way, he's a fully functional, production ready human. You know, I'm skeptical. I believe he did. I, I don't think they're. I don't think they're diverting production facilities. Production's not happening. But I think that the AI that they're developing for their cars is transferable. I believe. Like I think he's saying. You know, I mean, what what he's saying is that. Tesla is actually not about solving car problems. It's, yeah. about, it's about solving AI problems, and yeah. and you know, and and in doing so, he might as well do this thing, Optimus. Put, put and, it anywhere, right? That that's, right. that that is part of the narrative, right? He builds the narrative where it's a software company, it's an AI company, it's not a car company, yeah. which is why, you know, the Arc, Kathy Woods investment model here is right. it, because Tesla is these seven different types of companies in one. It's not one thing. It's a solar company and an AI company and a you know, battery company and a boring company. Um, and now she's clearly you know uh, underwater compared to the boring old Berkshire Hathaway who just plodded along, plodding along for Apple the last eighty years, and just still crushing no matter who comes and goes. He's like, ah. it's important just to sit back and read the newspaper. <laughs> Yeah, it just collects your profits. That's his thing. Warren Buffett reads five hundred pages a day. You know, that's he's just been doing it. He just, just great. accumulated. You know, he, yeah, he's just, the slow and steady. He he's, won the he's race. The, he's the measure twenty thousand times and cut once. Yeah, he's, he's that. He's that. Anyway, we're not talking investments. Yeah. We know anything about. I'm in no, no position we, to talk about investments. Let's let's be, let's be clear. <laughs> how's your how red is your portfolio? <clears throat> We like to not talk about that on the air. Software eating your 401k, I think, is a great Yeah, I want to hear about that. I have no idea what that could be. What, well, that's, just, what that, that that's what it is. That's what it, It's exactly what's happening. All the tech oh, stock just crash the fact that, yeah. is eating your 401k. Everyone's, everyone's superannuation in Australian terms or you know, retirement funds. Anyone who's invested in growth or slightly aggressive functions is... Do you care about that? Crunched. You're so far from retirement. Do you care about that? Unless uh, you want to, I guess unless you want to retire soon. Yeah. No, worse, because my active portfolio is, is hit way worse than my retirement passive portfolio. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I, I, we should. Um, no. Retirement portfolio, retirement portfolio has got A, plenty of time, and B, like long, long term to recover. That's not an issue. Jesus. It's funny because you said it was interesting. We had this conversation last week before all this stuff broke. We were a little early on it, although our podcast came out a week late. But it was before. We were saying, oh, it's a bit doom and gloom this week. But we were feeling what was going on. And there was a bunch. There was like four or five well-known startups, you know, kind of unicorn startups announced major layoffs last week. Actually, the, that evening that we, while we were on the podcast, you know, one or two and the next day and the day after. So um, do you? So we were right. Yay. 
Yes. Play the tape. One thing I want to one one thing I want to um I want to press you on is you were like it's not the right time to change jobs. Mm. Now does this change things? Now is it because because does this change the playing field? Like in, it, if you're working for one of the bigger companies, supposing you worked for Meta right now, and you've got you've got a, a base salary which is kind of pretty matched across you know um, companies, but it's always the stock incentive that keeps you there. Do you go for a startup now? Because they'll mm. match your base salary at the startup, mm. and you could have a 10x return more than you would be getting now. Yeah, you so just many, have to pick the right startup. There's so many pieces to this. Um, yeah, yeah. So, like, there's definitely this logic where, look, my stock's not worth anything at the thing anyway, or relatively speaking, I might as well go high risk, uh, high return. But fangs are very aware of this and it's really only the second cycle this ever happened to them but the first at this scale right. given the growth since last cycle and they're very aware and every hr department's currently trying to work out how to get people more stock how to compensate for this drastic drop in stock the large ones especially mm-hmm. at the same time they're all high f- freezing for sure so fb is last time we said it was tinkling on it now it's clearly mm-hmm. looking like freeze and maybe even layoffs coming through depending mm-hmm. on what department um I think the the narrative of in the downturn is when you do the startup and you build and you put your head down and you capitalize in the next upswing. I think that's very, very true. All the reasons of efficient capital and the right people and people wanting to take risks and mindset and all of that stuff. So I think there is something to be said about throwing caution to the wind and making something and starting something that new. It's not quite the same as just changing jobs. I think it depends on the nature of the change. Here. It is. It is more. I mean, it's de- the risk model is different, isn't it? Yeah. I think you're. Yeah. You need more from the startup too. You need. Yeah. I mean, the risk is so much higher joining that startup. You just need more is. than is typical. It you is. Know? It is. But but I really do like it as a. Okay, valuations are down. You can now get but more of the upside, whereas the last two years valuations were just so high that you're not getting any more upside. It went so up every give- day, which is just, it was green every day, you know, in every week. And I mean, that was amazing, wasn't it? It was something wasn't else. It and, that we, you couldn't, and we did, you couldn't we, pick we, a bad one. Yeah. And you couldn't, and you couldn't, and you weren't able to spot it. You weren't able to go, here's the peak. And it was obvious. And there was another peak and another peak. But we and called it a few times. Points. A few times we said, here's the peak. Oh. In that WhatsApp group, we were like, okay, here we go. And then it was like, it would go down three percent for three days in a row and then and then it'd be up 15 percent you know it was a killer like, and you got addicted yeah. to that and then yeah. never let go and by the dip by the dip and yeah. then and then <laughs> honestly i just even as late as last like two months two and a half months if i just liquidated it would have been anyway even anyways. after the downturn had happened and yeah big chunk of money i still out. got yeah. a thing i could like and, yeah anyway. it is what it is it is all a bit funny money we'll recover and, and away we go um but you know Speaking of, there's no. I've got no good transition from money to anything else. Okay, uh, let's except, go. Except I, I love do how have, you're steering us this week. Let's I've do got, it. I've, I've got stuff for you. Uh, yeah. Did you follow at all the Google I/O announcements today, or is it all nope. old news and it's all dead boring? Other than the Fido thing that came out this week with Apple, Google, and Microsoft teaming up to to destroy passwords forever. That's yes. that's my only bit of news. Yeah. Yes. Well, I like a good password destruction. Also, virtual cards. Google's going hard on virtual credit card numbers. Um, so Google I.O., which is the yearly conference, every company, every tech company has to have a dog and pony show every year, partly to let the world know what it's about and kind of have like a centralized focal point where you grab it as a conference. It's the Steve Jobs model of the yearly WWDC. I've spoken, spoken on the Marcus has yeah. spoken on both I.O. and WWDC. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, it's it, it, let the world know it's the marketing day, developer slash marketing day for that company. But it's also a great internal tool to galvanize everyone to actually deliver to a drumbeat. Right. It essentially becomes the artificial deadline that everyone yeah. can get behind. And you use it from the top all the way down to go, hey, can you get into IO? Are we getting an IO this year? Are we about to get it to? And you use it as a marketing lever and use it as a deadline, use it as a driver. It's a TikTok. It's a whole thing. It's a really, 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 it's the most powerful high level product manager artificial deadline there is. And it's the CEO level one, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so IO was today. 
didn't follow it in detail, but I got a bit of a snapshot. And it used to be, you know, it's an incredible festival, right? You watch the two-hour keynote. Yeah, internally, it's a lot of fun as well. Good energy. It's and incredible. And internally, you, you know. Bands the, playing and all. It's like a, it's like a, it's a, it's an event. It's like a festival, it's a isn't it? full-on yeah. festival. And the yeah. two-hour keynote, everyone's watching with bated breath for the five seconds that your product is flashed up yeah, and your friend's right. down there and everyone's hooting. And, that's right. You, you know, and you know all the stuff that went into it, everything that was cut and how the mechanizations to get there and all the rehearsals and so on. Um, so you know a bunch of stuff drops in the keynote all this kind of very real stuff another pixel another version of a pixel a sneak peek of the next pixel new watch the pixel watch has been incredibly leaked non-stop this is remember google bought a, Fitbit. a couple of weeks ago yeah. so they've merged fitbit and pixel and they've created the pixel watch which looks amazing i wondered if you're you're into it or oh i'm into the, it for sure we're out of the ecosystem so it doesn't really matter but that that one picked. no i'm into it it's just not it's on the wrong os but, wrong but it's, a, it's, a, it's the yeah. right form factor wrong yeah. os yeah. gorgeous and, and sleek yeah. and circular and the whole thing yeah a uh, bunch of other things there's great searchy things around you know image based search where it's reverse search you're showing the image or you're shopping and you put your phone over a bunch of brands and you see you know the actual ratings that you've already got on the review so heavy oh, yeah. shopping focus cool like google's been doing it for a while and now they're overlaying it on the real world yeah but the one that caught my attention it was at the end ar glasses google glasses back mate different form Yay. factor but google glasses Yay. back not formally announced not formally is announced. Is it the same thing a single screen in the top of your eye or no, is it glasses no, no one's doing that no one's yeah. doing that everyone's doing embedded optics in the lens yeah. and the whole Great. thing it, it looks Great. like a john lennon style you know not john lennon the who's oh, that no they fully uh, ran steve steve jobs glasses no, oh, buddy, like holly, a buddy, okay. buddy holly style you know black yeah, black square rings rings. And, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah that kind of vibe with overlaid info and the classic for the last 30 years that the single best application of real-time ai ml ar what is it marcus mapping close um messaging language translation language translation. no matter what it is if it's your <laughs> hub or your audio or your it's just all about everyone's out there talking different languages yeah and it's it's like the babel fish sci-fi story star wars that everyone needed to have and it's still the use case that everyone has as their heroes to, which cracks me up it's been talking you know yeah every, i mean i, I mean it could be useful is. but it's certainly not the how could it be the primary use case for a set of and and also what were they called were they called vr glasses or what were they called then give them the name it was just a sneak peek at the back end it wasn't a formal release but it was a clear heavy leaned hint that they're back and like for all intensive purposes everyone knows and it's advertised internally and there's an ar vr team and they're bringing back you know there's, there's clearly hardware being developed and so on so yeah. it's a pretty open secret but you know they're out there at the at the keynote i'm in i can't wait for all that stuff to come happening, i really i really can't wait for as someone yeah. who wears glasses same as yourself anyway yeah. imagine yeah. enhancing it like yeah. let's do that 100 yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah same yeah i'm in yeah yeah so on and on that roll tomorrow on the eve uh we get uh more project cambria i think all the info on project cambria is coming out which is google um, Meta's uh, new, we expect, VR suite, whether it's the Pro or the Quest 3, but the new info comes out tomorrow. They, I thought something came out today. I thought I saw something on it. Anyway, yes, comes out tomorrow. Cool. I don't know. Anyway. I actually don't. I haven't read anything about it. No. I, how are you feeling about Meta and the Metaverse right now? Like as someone, so traditionally a big, uh, you know, fan of their Oculus 2, you were like super into it, got me into it. Um haven't heard you talk about it in a while yeah. and I've heard you not super happy with people calling Facebook meta and all that stuff. So where do you stand on it now? I still think it's the um, most cynical rebrand of the last however long and that people bought into it hook, line and sinker blows my mind. It was a rebrand without any actual substance relaunched. It, you know, they could have waited to have something, to have a new headset or to have a new ecosystem. No, it was just more of the same, but rebranded into, by the way, now look at our VR stuff. You they weren't listening to, to it before. To do so something do it. That, didn't they? They I know, so but it's trouble. cynical and everyone bought it and I can't believe everyone bought it and I'm a little bit livid that everyone bought it. Do you it, think but everyone fine. bought it? I mean, everyone uses it and everyone talks about the metaverse and everyone's using the phrase metaverse and meta. But I think people are getting tired. So what I was hinting at, it, well, mm. I think people are getting tired of the metaverse already, the meta's oh. version of the metaverse already. Which metaverse? Um, like, um, yeah, what, which version? of what? Like, the, like the, 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 you know, the, the version they gave in that launch, in that rebrand where it's like, you know, someone's a robot and someone's floating around it was just like it was like a dad's stale dad's idea of what of what yeah. the metaverse yeah. might be and it's actually not going to be like that at yeah. all you know and, yeah, yeah, yeah uh yeah 
And the metaverse really needs to be open source, doesn't it? Awful. As well, like, and I mean, yeah, it needs to be more cyberpunky than you know what I mean than 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 yeah. that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I think it's going to be much more in the AR overlay than it is in the separate world where you go in and second life it. Right. Or or just like you know split applications. I've got a good friend of mine, a good friend. I have an acquaintance who's been doing um, VR basketball, and he's actually in the Y Combinator group. He left Twitter as a as a PM and is now doing a, a basketball. It's called Gym VR and focusing on a basketball, real world, hands free style, and it's doing great guns. And you can really see the difference between when he used to play basketball, you know, computer games versus in VR shooting hoops and dunking right. people. Yeah, and you go, that's really genuinely is immersive. You are in another world, and you're playing in a fi- like we used to play with ping pong, but basketball style. So yeah. I think there are these applications that give you a sense of connection that is really surreal across time and space. But yeah, I don't think it's about just hanging out in a meeting room, just surrounded by fake trees. Like that's how much of it do you think we were willing to listen to it because we because of the pandemic and now that we're kind of more moving around and seeing each other and actually playing basketball together it's different yeah yeah i think that was that was a um that was top of mind at the time wasn't it not yeah. not just vr but phones i mean a lot of it is i assumed everyone was just going to swing the pendulum and throw their phones in the lake right. after the pandemic just got never yeah. want to look at this thing again <laughs> and like netflix is the embodiment of that They've tanked however many, 300, shed 300,000 um, uh, subscribers. Albeit Disney seems to have upped their total by another 7 million subscribers in, in the quarter, beating it by a few hundred thousand, which Inspired. is... Inspired. Inspired. I mean, they have the catalog and they have the pricing, don't they? So Netflix, Netflix is going after... Everyone shares their Netflix account, don't they? And they're going after all these shared accounts now, which is they feel like that that's where all the money is that's been left on the table is just yeah. shared Netflix accounts. Yeah. But that's kind of a technology. And I mean, I can't believe they don't already limit the number of devices or IPs or, or things like that. Isn't that, doesn't that feel... It was kind of one of their thing up front where it was, if we start going after this, then we're in extraction phase. And turns out they're now in extraction phase, <laughs> or at least at this cycle they're in extraction phase. And at the same time, they're doing the whole, they're shooting themselves in the foot by scanning all of their production pipelines because they haven't got any dollars. There's a real overshoot well, problem now. They have to as well. There's a, there's they have a, to. Yeah. They've got budget constraints. They've got issues. So yeah, you're going to get this real swing the other way, and it's it's painful. It's really painful. Like everyone yeah. cutting budgets and and stopping hiring when. You do, you want to push through this, right? This it's, it's this pandemic trip. is a twofer, isn't it? I feel, or even a threefer. I feel like I don't know. It screwed us more than one way, anyway, isn't it? Like it, it just and, and it'll it's, just, it's going to keep doing it, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like I joked with you last week that you know in two more years, all of us lads who did the MBA are now in tech will be back in management consulting again or whatever, or like back in the services industry, you know? Because like it does feel like that, doesn't it? it does feel like uh, you ruined it. Everything was great. We went into work every day, building software, exponential growth, and everything. Everything's work. Everything's a unicorn. And yeah. now you're like, oh, we don't. Have, you're telling us we have to. Now we're going back to net present value and, and yeah. free yeah. cash flows. And oh, do we have to do that now? Like, what are you talking about? It's all about. It's That's all about. Exactly yeah. Right. yeah. What you mean? We have to have a real business underlying. Yeah, we're European. Yeah, when our multiples are wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, you can't have a three hundred x on revenue with no profit. What are you talking about? I, I look. I hear you. Um, I was happy living in La La Land, uh, extracting extracting value from the gold rush. But yeah, fine, fine, Marcus, bring it back to earth. No, but I just I don't know. So yeah. a lot of tech companies will survive and come out thriving. I think this is the one where, um, the the companies that are real will survive. The ones that have revenue, you know, the one, I, I mean, I, I have to say I struggle with startups that don't have positive revenue or, or positive, at least, you know, net positive cash uh, at any stage. You know, I'm just, even in the hyper growth stage where you have to try and win the market for a network, I'm always like, yeah, but is it really worth 17 billion then if you're not, you know, anyway. That was Uber, right? That was, that the, was we Uber. Were, we, that, we were in the session in 2014 where it was worth. Five billion or six billion. Someone saying it's easily worth forty billion, and sure enough, it gets to eighty billion. And we're, we're yeah. going, well, we're idiots. Yeah. And it was, still wasn't cash flow positive. It was still non profitable because they were doing a real estate grab. It was still an arms race, and right. they were expanding before they, before yeah. they land. I, I am, um, I don't know. I don't know what's real. I, I, I do believe something in a model which says you monetize when the time is right, 
And as long as the fundamentals look right and you can see the, the clear line of sight to monetization, you can do it later. But there's a lot of fluff out there, isn't there? There's a True. lot of assumptions. There's a lot of kind of um, very, very weak kind of underpinnings to even the products themselves where you who's actually using it how and we've seen that with fast collapsing and we've seen that with even some of the rumors around bolt where the numbers are being faked the integrations are not real it's all a bit you've taken you know some data sciences dashboard and you've taken that as the main thing and you've sent it to the finance department and it turns out it was you know off by a factor of two that sort of stuff is creepy isn't it it's just it is yeah um, hard transition to something because, by the way, everyone loves the parenting aspects of our podcast. Who's everyone? Before. Everyone. All the big listeners, all the big people. Everyone says so. My mum. Uh, so the best, the most, <laughs> the, the, they're important. Everyone loves your parent, your friends, your Irish friends are like, oh, they're getting to sleep. I love that. And I was listening to it while they're getting to sleep. The, the whole thing. Everyone loved those aspects. No? And not, I'm not hearing that. I did get a request for an MBA episode. A couple of people said after hearing that one, we said, oh, we'll do an episode and that. And we were like, will we, won't we? A few people reached out and we were like, I'd love to hear an MBA episode. Oh. But I haven't heard anything about pa- more parenting advice. But oh. let's, go down that, let's go down that slippery road. Let's go down the road of the, what are we going to, you really want to tell me about poopy no, and no. poverty this week? Because no, no, I cut no. you off last week. No, 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 no. I, I appreciate that. What just, parenting w- advice w- do you w- want yes, to and, No, I mean, only just milestones. Got our first report. Report card. Oh yeah, our first report very proud. card, and I sent it to you. How do you feel about report cards for three-year-olds? Based on this, I effing hate them. So this is a report card on soccer, the first actual skill or activity we do. Because obviously, this is a learning best kind of Montessori-esque. It's the Reginio Reggio yeah, um, yeah. type. It's just whatever play is essentially what the philosophy is. Someone's going to slander me for that. It's much more sophisticated, I promise you. But it's anyway. It's better be it's much more expensive than that so uh, <laughs> <laughs> we do soccer which obviously is an extra extra yeah. expense um called extra soccer shots curricular extra curricular therefore that it. means extra yeah. expense yeah yeah um as is teacher appreciation week which is extra curricular so uh soccer shots on a monday um get a report card i sent it to you you can see the report card it's uh, six categories. Each category has three attributes, two or three attributes. And it's marked on, look, the good news is it's like pass-fail, basically. So it's not, you know, it's not granulations. We're not <laughs> ranking people. It's pass-fail. And, and the pass is I've got it down and the fail is w- working on it. So like, you know, it's areas for improvement versus, you know, success. Um, and my, my daughter has passed exactly three of the make it 20 attributes on here. Um, so, you know, got it down, patience in the character section, and then identifying physical boundaries. <laughs> so we'll not jump off a cliff. Excellent. Maybe the, 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 the line. And no, the I milestone. think identifying physical boundaries is that, I think that's kids' physical boundaries, meaning Do you think? don't not think so. bash into them. I, I think so, yeah. And that can't be right because she's following she's, she's two-step instructions. The and then the other milestone is following two-step instructions. So, so the yeah. ones she's, there's, yeah. these are amazing. The ones yeah. she's not so good at yeah. are developing different speeds, using both feet to move ball. I can't do that. I mean, Running and stopping with ball. Basic direction change, pull back, move, step over, shoot. This is too much. <laughs> she's, not, she's not great at sharing or courage. We did. We did encounter some of the sharing uh, attributes. I will. I, maybe there's another column on that one. In, in fairness, in fairness, I, I was looking at it going um, age two to three plus. So, yeah. and this is like a printed printed report card template, which suggests to me these are the standard skills that you need between the two and it's three ridiculous plus. Though. And I'm going. What do you mean? Like using both feet to move a ball? I can't use mo- both feet yeah. to move. Basic direction change, pullback. What's a pullback move? How do you do shooting, a pullback? Shooting ball with laces. I imagine Does the that's ball like, have lace. Well, no, no, your laces. That's you know how you meant to poor shoot. Poor grammar. No. <laughs> we should give this guy. We a should score. give them a score. <laughs> do the balls have laces? What are you talking oh, about? It's your, you know, you meant to kick a ball I know, from the. Okay, just, all right, all right, okay, all right. Striking the ball with power. Which is the ball with power? Oh, maybe I see. You should just going struck, on struck the other one. Yeah. You know. The, the, the you know, maybe balls. you get your maybe you get your fucking report card. Maybe use better better grammar in it. You know, <laughs> better grammar in that. It's good that she's patient anyway. 
That's right? your takeaway? Look, no, I mean, I'll, I'll be really... I hate these things. I hate report cards on kids who are... If you're not 12, don't give me a report card. I genuinely... it was, Mel, I took it off the fridge. I put it on the fridge at the beginning and then I looked, turned it around and I realized it was a report card and I've taken it off because every time I saw it, I was like... <gasps> I didn't invest enough. I didn't practice the skills. My child is not going to develop. Are you She's serious? Not going to be... I just had that brief. You do the... worry about that. I it was the, the complete first opposite. moment. It was the first, first like assessment of a thing that was happening. It's I don't know. I felt I, I felt a pang. I felt a oh, pang. No. I moved on. I, but I, I felt go a pang. the total opposite way. I I literally couldn't give a shit about that stuff. Good on you. Good on you. That's the right way. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. Like I no, genuinely. No, I think it's ridiculous you would assess any yeah. child at yeah. that stage on anything. Like, I just like. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I just, I just would like to think, you know, she listens and is able to. Yeah, it, but she it, doesn't. They all development. She's gonna. She's not gonna be a fully grown human until she's twenty five. I know, but what like, do the other kids' report cards look like? What if everyone else got it down? I bet. What if she's? What if that's the best report card? What if everyone else had had it in the shitty section? Well, that's what I'd like to know. That's really the issue here. Is you, not what you're missing here is benchmarking I'm not, data. I haven't got benchmarking data. That's what I'm missing. That's exactly <laughs> there's no right. trend. There's no trend data. There's no and there's no benchmark data. This so is, all you've got is these arbitrary data points. This is, and, this is yeah, poor, yeah. poor, poor form. So. Um, there, the sole reason that report card exists is because you're paying for extracurricular soccer, and they have to justify, uh, you know, part of it. Oh yeah, we're set. It's really, we're working on these skills, and guaranteed next week she'll have one more tick. She'll be able to kick the ball with laces, whatever that is, and it'll be brilliant progress. You'll be paying is that more. What is? is this the hook? She'll be is doing that the what extra, this is? She'll yeah. be doing the additional class you can do on a Saturday to get her scores up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen for. Uh, anyway. Don't I know you're you're competitive. Don't read into it. Don't do any. Don't change well, anything about. I'm competitive. Yeah. I'm not competitive. I just want to make sure she's competitive. <laughs> it's completely you different. Are competitive. You're I'm not competitive. competitive. Yes, you're, you are. What, are you saying you're not competitive? Uh, I am competitive, but I'm yeah. I I am competitive, but I might be a little bit less competitive than you. Rubbish. You, I'm not going to back that up. Just, you've got just nothing gonna, to back I'm it up. Gonna, with. I'm going to put it yeah. out there. Rubbish. Um, I, I, you look, I, I'm very much chilled. I'm much less competitive than I used to be. That's for sure. This isn't less about competition and more about: Am I doing it right? Should I be yeah. looking after certain things and yeah. whatever? But like, look, obviously, yeah. I'm not. I'm not that serious. But it was yeah. a, a literally first assessment of a thing at school, and it came in the form of soccer, soccer shots. Not even like anyway. If you're going to listen to someone about soccer, would you listen to an American? Realistically, oh, good point. Would you? I mean, I don't know anything about soccer, but I know that probably wouldn't be listening to American about it anyway. This is brilliant. This is, I think we cover all forms of racism on this I'm show. I'm getting so defensive about your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm just like <laughs> you. Just want to slander this guy. Uh, Speaking of of um, transatlantic relations, the F1 reaching Miami uh, last weekend is peak. Netflix. It is. Oh, it's amazing. I'm brilliant. so glad it's here because I feel like it's the final state. Like, I mean, it'll be huge here. You know, I want to go. I want to go to the, I want to go to Miami. I want to go to one of those Formula One races. Have you been to Formula One? So in Albert Park in Melbourne, um, it used to be right next to my brother's place and my mum's current house. It's literally around the, around the corner in Albert Park. So you used to be just across the road and you see them going around <laughs> in practice <laughs> and you, yeah. you cycle around Albert Park, the racetrack went in off season and you go kayaking in the middle of the lake and the whole thing. Yeah. So like, yeah. yeah, it used to be like Formula One in Melbourne is a thing. You, you see it, you're around it all the time, but it was nowhere near the ridiculousness and glamour that was Miami where yeah. you had, you know, DJ Khaled and Michael Jordan and Tom Brady and every possible celeb and Kardashians were down there and Bieber and it was mental. It was so America. It was so Miami and it was magic. I mean, they I think it's perfect. Miami is the perfect place to do that. Like Miami yeah. is the it's the Monaco. It's the Monaco. It, it, I was going to say that it's like the 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 American version of Monaco. Yeah. You know, it's That's like what's the, That's what's happened. Yeah, it's it's like like the, they started with off, with Austin as though they were going to hit up NASCAR's homeland, mm-hmm. and then they've gone mm, maybe maybe Miami, and uh, <laughs> they've now added Vegas, which I think is yeah. maybe. so. Next year is going to be Vegas, right down yeah, the wanna, strip, which is just I will do magic. Vegas. They are taking the strip in. Yeah, they're going to go down magic, the strip. Magic, I'll go. I would magic. go to that. Do you want to go to that? I'd we put that out there. Let's do it. Let's do it. We let's put that it. out there as a thing. Let's, let's do it. Let's manifest. I went to. I went to. Um, I've been to a couple of them, 
I went to one with them. Um, I went to Silverstone with my dad, which is the British Grand Prix, oh, which the is like original. so much history there and stuff. The yeah, Hamilton yeah. won that day. But yeah, that was that, you know that was a while ago. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan. You know, I'm an F1 fan anyway, right? So you've always been uh, an F1 fan. I'm a pure bellwether, and clearly in Netflix, even Caro, as a result of Drive to Survive Netflix show, is now an F1 fan because they turned, they realized what F1 was. They realized what all sports are, which is content. They're a content farm. They create content Reality and entertainment. TV and then in this in yep. this case, they worked out that there's such a cast and there's a right structure that if you just put cameras in the back room, that you could absolutely turn this into reality TV. It already is reality TV. And so they the thing, capitalized. Boy, so, did they so do that well. I've only watched the first episode. I actually just started watching it this week based hey, on oh. Yeah, I've never watched it. Oh. You you get you you like I want to say like a year ago you said to me I should watch it. And I was like, I, I watched all those Grand Prix anyway live. Like, I don't yeah, need to watch yeah, the yeah, recaps. It's different. But I, I watched the first episode. The thing they do really well on that show is everybody knows the everyone knows the one and two. Who's one and two or one, two, and three? And is Bottas winning or is Hamilton winning? Or is who's trending well this week? Yeah, they who's, go down grid. But, but they go down grid. They do the five and six spot. And that, you know what? Has finished. They got in qualifying this weekend. But then, like in the first episode, and I totally forgot about this because in that Grand Prix, it wasn't significant for me. But in the pit stop twice, they put the wheels on wrong. They had yep. they had a fifth and sixth spot. Has did who were at the very bottom of the of the F one uh, roster. They had like a, a, a tenth of the funding, and they managed to place fifth and sixth in the opening race of the season. And they were on for fifth and sixth spot halfway through the race, and they pit stopped. And the f- fifth position came in, and it was wheel wasn't on properly, and he and he um, he he pulled in. Second car came in wheel wasn't on properly pulled in and it was just a whole that drama was totally lost on me because i was watching hamilton or whoever was leading the race 100%. at the time you know so 100%. i think that's something they do really well is bring you into the different all of the drama they do lot, so, so you know? like we're, we're yeah. up to date we've seen the three seasons and like everyone's on tender it's not just yeah it's it's all the way up and down the grid it's all the different dimensions or the relations between individual drivers like because every team the whole point is the dynamics between the two that must be deliberate at some point right they did yeah. that to create drama between between two fair because they've got the identical car so the two drivers are literally dry you know it's, it's, it's the purely two best driving experience by definition yeah they, they do that they do between teams they do between the team bosses which is some of the best stuff absolutely the best stuff then they, and they do must, half of those must be psychopaths as in legitimate actual psychopaths to be in that like yeah but like they're the ceo of the whole story like you'll see them, yeah. the product manager ceo the, the, the whole yeah. then the engineer who's on audio they've got all the audio between the engineer who's giving you the track to the to the cars in actual race you'd hear snippets that dynamic is phenomenal yeah. and then they do it in a way that they get you the arc of the story across the season right so they tell you that narrative rather than just go race by race they really the editing and the, and the season value. that's just coming out is that are they up to the like like last season was a really controversial finish to the season yeah. I don't want to ruin yeah, it for yeah. you or anything if you have, yeah, yeah. if you don't know already what happened, seen it already seen it Dubai okay. that last race incredible. yeah was, was is that yeah. are they up to are they yeah. up to date on the seasons now yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. yeah okay yeah, yeah, yeah. so that was that's, okay. that's, that's that that last season with Hamilton and Verstappen in Dubai yeah. is yeah is uh, is on on. Uh, is, that's there. That's the last episode of the last season on Netflix. It's brilliant, and it's out now already. Okay, yeah. amazing. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Out. Yeah, we binge. Cool. You binge. We binged it in like no time. We binged <laughs> it. In. That's the, that's the only other problem is like F one. You're watching it over a whole season every week. Yeah, and then you watch instead. You go forget that. I'll just watch this and just binge in literally a week and yeah. Done. Anyway, cool. that is attributed to why it's in Miami and why they're putting it in Vegas because yeah they bought F one for whatever it was ten nine billion dollars and it's now worth forty billion dollars because they talked to Netflix and decided this is the way to do it because a media company bought the F one because and funding will it'll be good for racing funding will flow into that sport as well and just, not like it was short of funding in the first place well, but it will you know the likes of Haas and and those racing yeah. teams from America that typically didn't get the funding well, it'll help things like that well you're also about to get a flood of American drivers now where traditionally it's been all Euro drivers and the people who are really the other beef that's coming up now is with nascar so the thread that's happened here is you've started seeing the week not that i follow nascar at all but now it's become a class divide because it is, in, well it's, it's always been formula one to nascar has always been posh to to, to i can't say like, to not on. posh you but know it's now become like you've brought it to our homeland 
right? So before yeah. it wasn't. So we you're were rubbing sitting, it in our face. Sitting here in the US. Yeah, right. Yeah. So now you're rubbing it in our face and it's become popular. And so it's a photo of the Mercedes cap in Miami being for, sold for $180 or something. And all of the like popular NASCAR drivers and bosses piling on going, what a roar, I can't believe it. Who'd pay for it? You know. It's class how much, warfare. How much were the how much were the caps? It was eighty dollars or one hundred and twenty dollars or something. Yeah, you know, it's merch, amazing. Right? Merch in Miami yeah. at the F one, and you can buy it for thirty percent of that online or something. But it's become class warfare, you know, courtesy so, of. You know. Who's your team? Who are you team? Are you team I'm Mercedes team or Red are you Bull. Red Bull? I'm not team Red Bull. I can't stand what's his face. Which one? The boss. I oh, can't okay. Stand the boss. I actually can't stand Verstappen either. Kara hates Verstappen. She's just, and it's annoying because his name is Max, and Kara's like, I can't believe he stole. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and the boss, and who's married to Jerry Harrell, who I think commissioned the original, the the first series. So he's so. Oh. What's his name? I'm dropping his name. Um, Let's look it up. Horner, Christian Horner, and who's just so snide and like full of himself and smug, and he's the underdog in that first season, in that season, and. You I'm know. a Red Bull fan. I'm a Red Bull racing fan for sure. But I mean, I, I'm I'm a Hamilton fan as a as a yeah. the things he's done for the sport and yeah. you know. But I'm Red Bull is my team because it's one of the things we watch. We watch it on the weekends when it's on. She's a massive Hamilton fan. Like loves she'll she'll watch the full Grand Prix with me. I love so, that. Yeah. He's very sweet. He's a he's really Hamilton, and he comes off really really sweet. Um, I think he comes on more in the second season and so on. But yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's, did you see the other thing about Miami? Like, the, so there were like three, like the fact Miami was there and it's all because of Netflix is number one, like biggest media coup of, you know, P funded media coup of all time. Two was the like ridiculous star studded celeb only America way of doing this thing. If you're going to do it, bring yeah. all of the Kardashians oh, over and make, yeah. make it happen and do it yeah. in some iconic like meme like thing, which is the pit walk. Just before the race, all the cars are on there, bringing all the celebs for that 10 minutes. Everyone's just, you know, pressing the flesh and doing the thing. And that was that. In that pit walk, number three was, and I forget his name, but the famous um, f- British racer who became the announcer, the commentator. And he goes around on this pit walk and he's is gone viral Damon, now. Damon Hill or is Bustin, it? Buster, something. And he basically doesn't know who any of them are. <laughs> and he just goes around going, who are you? And why are you important? And then mistakes like a footballer for a basketballer and then follows the you know one of the Williams sisters around and she just tries to... It's not like, Murray Walker, is it? Not Murray Walker. No, no, no. He, he's too iconic. He just does... He does the pit walk thing and he's... You must see him. And, and he's... He, he just absolutely went viral because he... he Literally had no idea what was going on, and he didn't care. At one point, he just goes, "Ah, whatever," and he's live on air. He's doing it for Sky Sky Sports, and it's brilliant. It's brilliant. He's just follow. He's stalking Serena Williams down. And who are you? And yeah. and and she's like, "Oh, you're still there." And he's like, "Anyways, it's just that was three. But I think the biggest, biggest, and genius coup was the fake Marina. Did you see the fake Marina? Apparently, I didn't see it, but apparently they painted on a graphic of of uh, fake water in the middle of it. There's a fake. They dug a hole and they painted it. Yeah, but brought real yachts. So they've got ten real yachts where you could pay to sit and have a party on the yachts as though they're stadium seating, and it's per it's perfect right on the corner. Oh my god! Um, but then put them on exactly right, just 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 fake. Like oh a my plank, God, that's so amazing. A plank of watery painted. And it's pretty realistic from the air and from the cameras. It looks like, and all I could think was, why couldn't you just put some water in the whole I thing? I know, how, it, just, it would have been way easier to just fill it with water. So for much easier. Did you know that it was going to get memed for it not to be the water? Like it became such a hit because it wasn't water in there. Everyone was crowding around and wanted photos to stand in that water and lie in that water. The tickets for those yachts, like 3X, brilliant. Brilliant strategy. And That's it's so Miami, fantastic. right? I'm on a boat. You want to be in Miami. <laughs> That's so, so amazing. It's totally landlocked too, like is in. There's no way that those boats would be able to get in or out no, or anything. No, like, no, no, in. no. It's absurd. Yeah. It's, it's, it's purely yeah. seating. It's purely like it's it's a box seat in the shape what of a yacht. What a smart idea. That's genius. genius. Whoever came up with that, bravo. Genius. That's genius. a great idea. Genius. Anyway. It's very Dubai, isn't it? That's the vibe you get. It's 
gaudy and it's still nowhere near the quality because they still go over american freeways and you know you're going over american freeways because they look like they were built in the 70s and they're crumbling <laughs> so there's not much you can do to paper over that whereas dubai yeah. and the abu dhabi ones are yeah 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 and the jetta everything's ones, pristine yeah and new because it was built in the last five years anyway the last yeah. five minutes right and it's just you can't compete with them you can't they're all at night time so you don't quite see the magic because it needs to be 30 degrees cooler but yeah, yeah. I've got one that we could talk about. Yeah. Or unless you want to go into your ones again. I mean, I've got more, man. But uh, yeah, no, 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 please. Let's, let's well, let's see that. if you want to hear about it. Because you used to... I do. So, so oh, yeah. Apple announced that they're killing the iPad. Uh, iPad's, iPod has been around since 2002. Yeah. And it is now the end. There is no more iPod Touch. They're going to sell out the stock they have and that'll be the end of it. But I don't know how you feel about that. Everyone had an iPod at some stage, right? You must have had an iPod at least, right? Honestly, Maybe you didn't I, have an iPod. I, I did. I, I had the mini. I was a late adopter. I had the thing, and then I only had it for a bit because in the phone. Honestly, I thought they were already done. I honestly thought they were. already I mean, they've been done for a long time, but they've been yeah. mostly used for kids. And when parents want, you know, it's a good cheaper Just segue into your kids having not yeah. a phone, but having a yeah mm. for video and gaming and all that stuff. I think yeah. that's mostly what they sell, or for gym. If you, I don't know, there, I'm sure there's lots of little use cases. But the thing that's maybe more interesting is that. Based on this, Tony Fidel, so um, Tony Fidel, who uh, was one of the original creators of the iPod, I think he was involved in the iPhone as well, uh, famous for the Nest, the kind of thermostats in your house. He's announced this week, based on this, that he's writing a book or creating a book, I suppose it is, because it's about all of his inventions. Um, and he's got he's got these boxes in his garage of all the prototypes of things he's ever worked on in the past, including, and he's released it, photos of all these really quirky apple devices and things that never made it like the first apple phone is an ipod with like you flip it over like it was an ipod with the wheel remember the wheel that you twist around on the ipad it was a yeah, clicky yeah. wheel yeah the quick you wheel. turn it over and there's like buttons on the back with a camera on it awesome you know and uh like all like really really like you know, if you're into the hardware side of it, yeah, yeah, the uh, all of these quirky inventions and, and kind of the different iterations and things to get to, to, I to thought the his, end his, state. Bo- his book's out, Build, isn't it? Is that what it's called? Is it out? Build? I thought it's out. His, his announcement and why he was in the news so much was because he was, he's like, it's here, here it is. And it's my biggest baby of all the things okay, I did. Okay, well, let's see. I thought it was out. And an orth- yeah, Build, an orthodox guide to making things. Fidel, you're right. It's out. So he must have announced it's out then, did he? Or, did, or am I just mixing, am I conflating the two? There was definitely the iPod thing today, and because it was the anniversary and it was announced and all that sort of stuff. And then he sh- shared some photos. I didn't. May third. You're right. It came out. His book Build came out last week. Yeah. And the and the iPod was and they discontinued the iPod this week. Yeah. So, very cool. Very interesting. You know. Yeah. Remember we saw Johnny Ive that time. I at the, was ne- it a Vanity Fair it. thing? I can't believe we went to that. Not in Vanity Fair. Oh, I thought you were talking about the other one in Coal Valley. Oh no, in Coal Valley when we kind of bumped into him. Well, we were, uh, we were in the hardware store buying <laughs> nails <laughs> behind him in Coal Valley. And then we're like, is I it? Would you, it, would it I came oh, out it and I said, that guy, and he was ahead of us in the queue and we yeah. weren't paying attention. Was this, this guy in a cardigan, a kind of a, and I was, I was down, I can't remember, I was just getting some small bits and Rami came yeah. in with me. And the guy in front of me sounded, he was, sounded like Johnny Ive. And I came out, came out after and, uh, and I was like, I said to Rami, your man looks the image of Jan- Jonathan Ives. And we look back up the street and it's like, Rami's like, that is him. And I was like, oh shit, that is him. <laughs> he was just down there buying a few screws at the local we, hardware store. we were yeah. standing behind him for 10 minutes as he was chatting yeah. with the cashier. And, like, t- chatting about and she was talking to him very familiarly and I thought either a local or some, you know. Yeah, that was but he kind of came across, across as like an, as an eccentric uh inventor type person rather than like you know i mean which is what he is but like kind of more, more on a smaller scale like he was yeah. probably building a bird box yeah yeah that was my that was <laughs> that my impression was you know yeah he yeah. was not building a delorean <laughs> that's exactly right he was definitely building you know, a spice rack yeah. at best yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah that's where it was but that was him yeah random in his big woolly cardigan the vanity fair one yeah i remember the vanity fair one for sure that was cool though yeah, i feel because that was like his most that's his that's still his most famous interview and the biggest you know that was just very unusual for him to do that yeah yeah and for us to be there for that i just still feel like holy shit that was amazing yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, that era i think that like the 14 15 era was definitely an era 
It was, it was Ive anyway. I mean, it was post well, post uh, well, Steve well, Jobs. Well, he, looking he had, back, it's the peak. Well, not just in Apple, but just here. This was the Renaissance era. This was definitely the we're on the upswing from the GFC from 2008, 2009. So right. 10, 11, things started picking up. By 14, 15, you started to get to scale, but you're pre-scale. You're yeah. pre-social ruin the world. You're pre-Google's taking over everything. You're pre-Fang being number one, two, three, four, and five That's on right. the largest companies on the planet. It was it was the making of, and this is the end of that. Not and it was size, but it's the end of that run, right? The VC funding wasn't at the scale it's at today, but there was every year the funding like every, si- every sign or you something. Saw every sign that like, was going that way, and you're going, yeah, no, that's going to end. No, more it's, and it's, more people got funded, and you're just like, oh yeah. wow, okay, cool. Yeah. For yeah. the last for the last six years, we've been saying it's a bubble. It's going to go. It's a bubble. It's going to go. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. true. You just keep saying it. You're going to be <laughs> the, the great one. I think is um, one of the one of the VCs is you know brilliant. He's been right five out of the last two recessions. And that's exactly right. You just keep saying it's going to happen. You're going to be right. You're going to be right eventually, aren't you? Yeah.